Hello, hello, and welcome to Risk and Reward, where the best in the insurance industry come to motivate and educate the future leaders in insurance. I'm Claire Richardson, a senior studying risk management insurance at the wonderful Butler University, where I'm also the president of the Beta Lambda chapter of Gamma Yota Sigma. Today, I am joined by Mike Hyland and Bubba Berenswig. Mike has been Hyland's chief executive officer since 2008, served as president of the Cleveland office since its inception in 1989, and he has been in the industry for over 30 years. Bubba has been with Highland since 2004 and will be transitioning to take over Mike's position of CEO in January of 2022 when Mike transitions to the executive chairman role at Highland. So glad to have you both on the podcast today. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing good. To start off the podcast today, I would love to know a little bit more about how both of you got into the insurance world. Okay, Bubba, why don't you kick it off and then I'll go. Sure. Um, so I was uh, fortunate enough to meet a beautiful young lady at the University of Michigan named Jackie Hyland. And she. And I'm also fortunate that she, she allowed me to uh, pursue my dreams as a professional hockey player, which I did for about five years leading up to the lockout in 2004. And about that time, her uh, her father, Pat Highland, came to me and said, you know, it might just be the time for you to uh, hang up the skates and, and come work for, for me. So I didn't know any better and said, it sounds like a pretty good idea to me. And, and I joined the firm. And I, I started actually in February of 2004. Well, my path was a little bit differently. Obviously, we've been in business as a family-owned company since 1935. So I grew up uh, in a family of insurance uh, professionals. I always wanted to be in the family business. I'm not sure all my siblings would, could or should say that, though all of them have been in the business in one shape, fashion, or form over the years. So I, I went to Miami of Ohio, got my business degree uh, with the coaching and support of my father and my brother, Pat of what courses to take with all the intentions of when I graduated, I would come work for the family business. And that was in 1982 when I graduated. Uh, Unbeknownst to me or many people, uh, midway through the year, our largest client, Dana Corporation, approached uh, my father and uh, made an offer for Highland. At that time, it was called Highland McLean. And he said no, and they asked him again, and he said no, and the pile of money got bigger, and he said no one or two other times, and finally he got the offer he thought he needed and couldn't refuse, so he sold. So at Christmas, my senior year, I was we were all informed at a family meeting that uh, our father had sold the business and that there was no room for me at the end. So my entree into the business was uh, as an underwriter, a casualty underwriter for Hartford Insurance Company out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I started my career working for them and then came back to Toledo and then eventually moved on to Cleveland to start that office and then back to Toledo again. So that's how I got into the business. Thank you both for sharing. The differences in your career paths are amazing, and being able to highlight those today will be great to share with all of our students. So you both are currently at Highland, and I would love to understand more about what makes Highland special. Well, I'll I'll kick this one off. I think 
probably the, the one thing that would make us special. Uh, there's a couple of different things, but the one thing is our orientation of our culture to uh, family. Uh, we've always liked to view the business as uh, obviously as a family business, which it is, but we want to treat people who work for us, including our customers and vendors like family as well. So we conduct ourselves on a daily basis, uh, interacting, treating, rewarding uh, all our key constituencies as, as families. So the orientation to uh, a family culture is probably very unique. I think the other thing that's fairly unique today wasn't always the case, but today is that our orientation to family and, and customer service is probably uh, a notch higher than the majority of the competitors only because of the landscape changing over the last 10 years of a lot of family businesses like Highland being bought out by private equity or aggregators in the business. And once that happens, the model changes from client or an employee orientation run businesses to financial businesses where really the the end game is only about the monthly and quarterly and yearly yearly uh, results and it's really not about the people or the deliverables to the customers yeah I mean we uh, we're fiercely independent we're going to continue to be we have succession built in uh, to our strategy and I think what also is unique and and we hear time and time again is that we're very true to our word we're very honest um, you know, there, there, you'd be, it'd be hard to find someone who, who has come here and is disappointed because what they found out was not what they were told. And I think that does make us unique, certainly in this industry. So it's funny that you mentioned secession planning, Baba, as you will be transitioning into the CEO role come January of 2022. So as you and Mike both get ready to switch roles, Mike, what qualities do you see? in Bubba that will make him a great leader and CEO and Bubba what elements of leadership have you learned from Mike Well I, you know unquestionably Bubba has a high desire to grow the business which is really uh very important for uh the family and the employees and our customers because in this business if you can't continuously grow and reinvest in the business you're ultimately going to fall victim to the acquisition environment that's out there today. So the one thing that I know he has is that uh, that high desire to grow the business in traditional ways and not and also in non-traditional ways, which will be make us more unique in the marketplace. Uh, but that that alone is probably one of the best attributes. He's also a very oriented towards uh, family, you know, so again, he can help perpetuate the culture that's been created before him and obviously before me as well. So we're working on the fourth generation now, and Bubba's the leadership of that generation. So having that family orientation along with the high desire and and, and skill set to help grow the business, those are two of the most important attributes I can think of. Well, and I, I would say that um, as much as, as I know that my father-in-law is a family guy because you know, I happen to be married into to the family. He actually didn't work at Highland for all that long after I, I joined. And, and quite honestly, 
Mike is very paternalistic and the way he cares for our entire company and what what's important to Mike, making sure that he is visiting all of the different communities that we're in and spending time with not only the the employees, but their spouses. I, I mean, it, uh, just the care and, um, and how well Mike has taken care of this culture and this company is, is something that would be very hard, uh, to fill those shoes, but it's certainly something that I'll, I strive to do. So Butler has something that we call the community of care or the Butler way, and it definitely resembles kind of the same values and, and Highland culture of just putting a mark on your community in the most positive way possible and contributing to your clients and your employees and perpetuating the company even more. So. What are some items that Highland is doing to innovate and make a difference in the industry and surrounding communities? Well, I'll uh, I'll kick this one off, but I'll be brief because I think Bubba has some more recent innovative approaches to the business that are going to be relevant to your audience. But over the years, um, one thing that really made us stand out, particularly with the underwriting community, was the care and diligence that we put into our submission process to the underwriting community. Back when, before things became electronic, we actually put together what we would call a book or a submission to the marketplace. And we'd be, we'd put cover letters on there for the underwriters. We'd put them in bright red booklets so they would stand out on an underwriter's desk. We would include things that they typically wouldn't get beyond in a court application. Uh, like financials, brochures, loss runs. We summarize the loss runs for them. And we, we would prepackage the submission and put it in this bright red booklet so it would rise to the top of the underwriter's desk to make their jobs as easy as possible. So why is that important? Well, it was important in two ways. On new business, it was important that we got the attention on the new business submissions that we thought we deserved because the thoroughness of the submission makes the underwriter's job easier. And therefore, hopefully the terms and conditions and pricing would reflect it so we could turn around and sell it as new business. There's also the care on behalf of our clients that you know we are their voice in the underwriting community. That's our job and responsibility to articulate their profile as best and in the best light that we possibly can so again, it translates in better terms and conditions and better pricing for the customer. Yeah, I mean, I look at innovation as, I mean, it, innovation can occur in every aspect of our business, whether it's everything from our, our education, how we educate our people to uh, obviously technology is an easy one, whether it's program designs in the insurance uh, space. There's just a million different places where we can have innovation and and I'm certainly not an expert in, in all of it. Uh, but I think what we continue to do and what we will continue to do in the future is is be very entrepreneurial. I think our model allows for that. And and I'm not uh you know it was very kind of Mike to say what he just said, but I, you know I'm not creating any anything new I think what Mike and, and the rest of uh, the family has done is left us in a place now where we can reorganize in the most minor ways and make sure that our uh, best ideas are being funded. And that's really all that, that my responsibility is, is to make sure that our best ideas are being funded. <laughs> 
and and we see a lot a lot of opportunity. We we have some of the brightest minds in in the industry, and we just want to make sure that we're we're getting behind them. So Claire, I forgot to mention that the most important part about what makes us different in innovation was when we took those complete paper underwriting submissions. We were one of the first brokers in the country to make them electronic and put them on a disc. Um, that at the time was very innovative. Uh, you know, the underwriters, you know, were were it just made their life so much easier, and we got so much better responses. Um, Bubba has done something recently that I think is innovative, and I I think that's worth mentioning is putting together the Mats team. I, I think that it's an innovative approach to to the marketplace, and maybe you can spend a minute uh, talking a little bit about you know the entree of Mats into the business because it is a twofold process: one, helping on mergers and acquisitions and 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 transitional products, but it also gives us access to reoccurring revenue streams. Historically and traditionally, insurance uh, brokers are, are they don't really have a seat at the table when a transaction's occurring. You know, we're just kind of sitting in the back row and uh, we're taking a little bit different approach and we're hiring individuals that have been in deals. So not just attorneys, we understand that attorneys are, are important to the process and we see a lot of we see a lot of our competitors are hiring attorneys, but we're getting a lot of um, interest and, and we're making a lot of hires of people who were former CFOs, uh, individuals who have been uh, on the private equity side. And, and so we're creating a, a seat for ourselves to make sure that, that every single um, product or, or uh, if there's something that we can design to actually help a deal get done, we're going to know about it. We're going to be there. We're going to implement it. We're going to negotiate it, and we'll help deals get done as opposed to just being reactive. We're we're a little bit more proactive than what we've traditionally seen in the space. That's a really great tool. That's that's super unique to highlight and something that I can definitely see growing in the coming years because the need for that, especially in in this business. And business culture generally is immense. With Highland's strong emphasis on culture, how do you want your clients to feel after interacting with Highland's employees? But one of the things that I've always tried to suggest to our employees, whether it was when we were at 350 or we're at 700 plus now, is that our clients should have the same experience regardless of which office or which individuals are servicing their account, with the exception of the personalities of the individuals, meaning they should feel like they're getting consistent, professional, resourceful people delivering on a day-to-day basis who from time to time will take the opportunity to strategically think in conjunction with the client about the future of the risk profile and set strategy to meet those needs of the changing client environment. So it really is about hiring the best people we can possibly find, you know, empowering them to deliver on the clients, giving them access to resources to do it, and having that client experience consistent across the platform. Yeah, and the only thing I would add to that is there's really two things. We want them to feel like they're our only customer, and we want them to feel like we always have their back. Yep. 
So both of you have been able to grow into Highland and grow with Highland. So do either of you have mentors? If so, how have they helped you personally and or professionally? Go ahead, Mama. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, such a different life and, and world for me going from professional sports. And, and I didn't really take school all that seriously my first time around. Uh, I certainly did my second time when I was encouraged by my father-in-law to get my MBA. But, you know, from a personal standpoint, Pat Highland has been a huge impact on me. And then professionally, I mean, Mike and Richard both uh, have been great mentors to me at different phases in my career. So, yeah, I mean, when I first met the rest of the family way back in probably 1997, uh, I had a I had a pretty good feeling about them. They were pretty uh, a neat group of people, and and even what I knew then um, and how I felt then, they have far exceeded any expectation I could have ever had about being part of such an amazing family. So I don't have to look very far for my mentors. They're they're within the Highland family. Yeah, I mean, mine are not much different. When I was early on in the career, just learning the business. My brother, Stephen, was my mentor from a technical standpoint. He knew insurance terms and conditions and rating protocols like no one I ever met before. So I stuck to him pretty closely uh, early in my career. um, And he taught me a lot about the technical side of the business. So that was a really good thing for me because without orientation beyond casualty lines like auto work comp, inland marine, ocean marine. Uh, back then, DNO wasn't even a thing. Those were uh, really good lessons that I learned. And then uh, from a business standpoint, uh, I would suggest the same as Bubba is. Uh, my brother Patrick has taught me quite a bit about uh, not only the insurance business, but how to run a business, obviously how to treat people how to you know, create opportunity for people to succeed, and when we do have success, how to reward for that success. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. So a lot of individuals fall into insurance these days. They have other careers, and then they somehow end up in insurance, and that's a little similar to your story, Bubba. So if you were not doing insurance, what would you be doing? Are there other hobbies that you would like to go for or other avenues that you maybe invested time in early on in your career before switching to insurance? You want me to start mine? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, considering I never even, uh, I, read, I never ran a paper route when I was growing up, I didn't, I never had a job. My whole life was hockey and, uh, and I was very good at it and I was successful in it. So, um, I, I guess more, more important, um, to the, you know, just falling into insurance. I mean, the fact that I'm married into the family, it, it is hard for me to imagine what I would be doing because I'm, I'm a little bit old now to continue to play hockey. So I, I really have no idea what else I'd be doing. <laughs> So for me, I guess um, I would suggest that um, I had imagined myself if I wasn't able to get our Cleveland office established and running, which we came close to a couple of times of having that not work out, 
I envision myself probably becoming involved in the manufacturing business in some shape or form because I was just fascinated how things around the world get get built and, and made and purposed and distributed. So that would be my fallback because that was just part of the insurance business that really fascinates me even to the, today is learning about how all the different things in, the, in this world of ours are made or how healthcare is delivered. I don't know if any of you have ever been inside a steel mill before, but the enormous amount of energy that goes into building steel and building this country. And it's just, it's fascinating to learn about all the neat things that happen around us, but we don't necessarily, as normal citizens, have the availability to know the insights. In this business, you get the insights about how this country's built. Yeah, that's definitely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'll take his answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I I do think that is one of the gifts of insurance, um, especially today, that no two days are the same. Um, so you get to have the time to go ahead and look into manufacturing or or other different areas that pique your interest. So we're all dying to know how did you get the nickname. Bubba, if your given name is Andrew. How did you get your nickname, Bubba? Yeah, how did I get my nickname? So what I've been told, because I've been named Bubba since I was two years old, uh, was that I was a little bit, um, a little bit of a, a chunky child. I wasn't the brightest child, <laughs> and so we were down visiting my uncle in Texas. And apparently I didn't know how to swim at the time when I went and I jumped in the water and someone had to come save me. And I got out and I decided to jump in again and someone had to come save me. And I did it like three or four times. And my uncle looks at my uh, at my parents and is just like, I got a great nickname for this kid. <laughs> That's a good story. And then when I was... When I was five years old, my, my parents put it on the back of my hockey helmet, which was a, I don't know if it's still a common thing today, but everyone had nicknames, Iceman, Mad Dog, and mine said Bubba. And so it just stuck. Amazing story. It came, it came, it came in handy when he played for the National Predators. It did. It was a perfect <laughs> nickname. Yeah, that's awesome. With that, do you both have advice for our future leaders in insurance listening in today? Well, if I could give any advice, I would just say, and I think I've heard you say it a couple times on the podcast, that no two days are alike in this industry, and that's the beauty of this business. And the career opportunities are really, quite frankly, endless. Um, I mean, from sales to marketing to finance to underwriting to captives i mean it's just a very unique industry and all things that it can offer uh any professional with the desire to be inquisitive this would be the business i would suggest that they they should look into and also have the ability to thrive in as well yeah and to that and the beauty of, of insurance is just that you can find something you love, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's medical, whether it's anything. And, and so you, you, 
you have the best of both worlds. You, you have the ability to provide products to, to protect those organizations. And you can also learn and, and be part of any industry that you enjoy. And, and so if you, if you approach our industry, knowing that there's an opportunity to find what it is you love, you have a sense of, of urgency about, about what you're doing, incredibly critical. You have to have a sense of urgency. You hold yourself accountable. No one else is going to hold you accountable. You've got to be able to do it yourself. And, and as Mike said, you're inquisitive. You're willing to learn and you want to learn. And I think if, if, if you don't have any of those, you, you're not going to get to the, to the level that you want to, want to get to. And you really have to have those qualities. And if you do, you'll be very successful. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing about Highland's story, its culture, and your joint passion for the company, empowering rising talent and the industry in general, has been incredible. And for our listeners, look out for additional content from Risk and Reward premiering soon. We will announce new episodes through our Instagram at GIS Butler, Butler's Gamma Iota Sigma LinkedIn page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lastly, the National Alliance's website, SCIC.com. We'll see you soon.